0: And for those who are new to Ebenezer Online, I want to especially welcome you today. When the service is over, can I encourage you to take a moment to check out our website to find out more about who we are and what we value? And even reach out to us as well so that we can get to know you too. This morning I'm going to continue our series on prayer that we're calling My House a House of Prayer. Now over the last few weeks, we've been learning how to pray by looking at what Jesus taught his disciples in Luke chapter 11. Let me quickly set the context for this morning's teaching so that we're all on the same page together. We read in in verse 1 of chapter 11, Once when Jesus had been out praying, one of his disciples came to him as he finished and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. We can see from this very opening verse that, that prayer was an integral and regular part of Jesus' life. And throughout the Gospels, we often see Jesus communing with God in prayer. And this is one of those occasions. Now, something about the way Jesus prayed caught the disciples' attentions. <clears throat> so much so that one of the disciples approached him as he finished and asked, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they want to learn how to pray with the same intimacy and with the same power that Jesus prayed. So Jesus began his teaching on prayer by returning to a prayer he had taught them earlier as he preached his Sermon on the Mount on a hillside early in his ministry. And that prayer is widely known as the Lord's Prayer. Now Luke's account is slightly different than the prayer that most of us have memorized. Jesus taught them by saying these words. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into into temptation. Now, these are the verses that Pastor Kelly taught on a few weeks ago. And what he taught us is that this prayer is meant to be a model that guides us as we pray, rather than a prayer for us to memorize and recite. Now, beyond a few missing phrases from the prayer Jesus taught earlier, this teaching also differs in that Jesus adds two stories or parables to emphasize the importance of seeking God in prayer. Verse 5 says this, Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story, which is a story that Pastor Kel taught on last week. It's a story of a host who does not have enough food to feed his unexpected guests. And so, he, following the cultural norms of his day, he goes to his neighbor friend's house to ask to borrow a few loaves of bread. Now, this story teaches us to persist in our prayers and to pray with confidence because God wants to answer our prayers. Jesus Mm -hmm. illustrates that through the story that since even our friends will help us at great inconvenience to themselves if we persist in our asking, how much more will God who loves us come to our aid when when we persist in our prayers to him? And so last week's big takeaway was, was simply this. God desires to answer our prayers. God desires to answer our prayers, which is why we need to keep on praying and never give up. Now, this week's big takeaway is connected to that, but it's it's distinct. And it's this, God desires to give us good gifts, which is why we can trust him and his goodness. Now, let me pick up the teaching from where Pastor Cal left off last week. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9 as I begin reading at verse 9. And this is what it says. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. He says, And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Then he tells them the second story. He says, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, between the two parables Jesus taught are uh, These three incredibly powerful statements. Uh, To ask, literally, keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek, literally, to keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock, literally, keep on knocking, and it will be open to you. Now, at a quick glance, it might appear that God is giving us a blank check or a, a magical formula for us to get whatever we want from Him. If we keep asking, to the point of wearing God down like a child might wear down his parents, will he or is God obligated to give whatever we ask for? If we keep seeking and refuse to give up our search for whatever that might be, love or the right career or the right feeling, do we really find whatever we're looking for? Is God obligated to give it to us? Or do we, if we keep knocking, will the doors in front of us magically open Is this what God is telling us in this passage? If we name it or claim it or persist in it or demand it, God has to yield to our desires and give us what we want. Well, obviously, God is not saying that. He does not exist to do our bidding. Uh, The opposite, we exist to do His. However, these three words, ask, seek, and knock, combine to show us our Heavenly Father's heart. And they emphasize the truth that those who bring their needs to God can trust that they will be satisfied. For example, in the Old Testament, we read in the book of Jeremiah, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, this is an example of the type of request that God longs to and promises to answer. And why is that? Because it's in harmony with God's will. And it aligns with, with God's desire for his children. So so these three verbs, ask, seek, and knock, picture of faith that is willing to ask for something God longs for us to have and that only he can provide. It's it's willing to to seek something God wants us to have that has either been lost or has yet to been found by us. For example, maybe our faith. To knock on doors that appear to be closed tightly in order that they might be opened for new paths and opportunities God wants to lead us into. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, uh, these three principles on prayer are illustrated in the two stories that Jesus told. The first story drives home the truth that God, our Heavenly Father, desires to answer our prayers. And now in the second story, Jesus Mm -hmm. is going to drive home a connected but separate truth, The God, our Heavenly Father, desires to give us good gifts. Now, I brought a few props with me this morning to help us better understand this passage. There are are a few gifts that that we have bought for our children over over the years. Um, Now, Brennan and I might not be uh, the best parents in the world, but but we're not bad parents. At least, I don't think we are. When our boys have asked for something for their birthday or Christmas, we've tried our best to honor their request. Whether they asked for a Lego set or a video game or a hockey stick or a book, Brenda and I have tried to do our best to find and buy the gift that they wanted. And why? Well, because we love them and we wanted to communicate and show them that we love them. But we also have bought them things that weren't on their list. For example, uh, each year for about the last 10 years, Brenda and I have purchased tools for our, our three sons. Now, confession time. I love tools. I love to have good tools, and I love to use those good tools I have. <laughs> I'm not sure if my boys shared my, my enthusiasm. Now, I have some tools that I have on, on display here, and, and they're actually Jeff's, my youngest son's tool, tools. And by the way, when I say youngest son, he's not that young anymore. Uh, most of them have been sitting up in his bedroom closet unused since the day he opened them. Now, for some reason, when we first started buying our boys tools, they didn't get too excited. Probably because they had no immediate use for them, and nor did they even really understand their use or value. When when they when they uh, first got something like this, um, and and this is this is a little um, well, they call it. The, the clicky twisty thingy. <laughs> it's, its proper name is a ratchet. In case you 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 call it the clicky twisty thingy as as well, uh, or, or something else here. I have is some if I can find them is some some uh, uh, pliers which they called affectionately those grippy thingies. You know I gave them some some wrench sets. Uh, what else did I give them? Uh, some. Some screwdriver sets, a wood saw, tape measures. Even, even bought them a couple years ago, this, this wonderful cordless drill. Uh, all the tools that I, I think people could like and, and use along the way. Two Christmases ago, uh, we even bought our oldest son a floor jack and a shop vac. And when he first opened them, it was like, what? <laughs> like, where are the good gifts? And I'm pretty sure he, he gave me that, that look, you know, that seriously, what am I going to do with these look? But now that he's a house owner, there's a new appreciation for these two hardware staples in his life. Tools are a great gift to receive. And the reason I say that is because my parents gave me tools every year for Christmas that sat in my closet unused for years until I moved out and discovered that I actually needed them. And at that point, I was extremely thankful for the good gifts my parents had given me each year. Now let's go back to the passage. It begins with two words, you fathers. Now, let me just pause there for a second. You fathers, meaning you imperfect, earthly fathers. fathers. You you fathers who are sinful, with limited resources, with limited knowledge, with limited love. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give? And when I say Heavenly Father, I mean our perfect, sinless Heavenly Father, the Father with limitless resources, who has complete knowledge and understanding of us and our needs, who loves us with unconditional love, a love without limits. You know, this Father who gives us the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Ask Him. So God, your Heavenly Father, desires to give you good gifts. Now, I, I realize that not everyone listening has had a great earthly father. And if that's you, uh, just don't paint God the Father with the, the brush of your broken or tainted image of what your father was like on earth. Thankfully, though, most of us have had good fathers. Or for parents ourselves, we have tried to be good fathers and mothers to our children. You see, uh, this story is really meant to give us a glimpse into the unfathomable heart of God. I know what my heart is like for my children. I know as a father, I will try, try to provide for them everything I can, including the things that they don't need because I love them. And as a father, I also know what they need even when they don't, which is why by my boys tools every year for christmas and if i am this loving and thoughtful and generous as a human father with all my flaws how much more is my heavenly father i know when my children come to me with a need my heart's desire is is to help them help meet it even if it means great sacrifice for me so how much more does our Heavenly Father want to meet our needs? And for our sons and daughter-in-laws, when they look at us, Leighton and Brenda, knowing we are imperfect parents with limited resources, and they see how willingly and quickly and generously we respond to their requests and how we anticipate their needs through the gifts we give, I want them to think of God and how much more does their Heavenly Father want to meet their needs? I've been blessed to have a great earthly father and mother. The good gifts they gave me were were more than just material things, too. They gave me the gift of their love. They gave me the gift of their encouragement. They gave me the gift of their wisdom, and they gave me the gift of their prayers. Now, as I prepared for today, uh, God brought one dad story to mind that I think will help uh, this passage sink more deeply into our hearts as I share it. It was, during my second year, and it was during my second and third years of university, I, I worked part-time as a youth pastor in a church in Warman. And a few things that happened happened in the church that greatly added to my workload and responsibilities and stress. So much so that, that my schoolwork was being neglected and quickly piling up around me. I remember that season well, I was feeling totally alone. I, I felt like no one knew what I was going through. I was exhausted. I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed by all that was before me, and, and I desperately needed a break. Now, thankfully, a long weekend was approaching, and I was uh, planning and anticipating to go home to be with my parents and my youngest sister, who was still at home at that time. However, I had one term paper that I needed to finish before I could leave. And the, the prof of that class was, was particularly demanding, and so the penalty of handing that in was, was uh, late was very significant. I worked on it. I told Mom and Dad I would come home as soon as it was done. And I remember getting a phone call from my little sister around supper time on that Friday evening. She wanted to know if I was almost home because they were waiting for me to join them for supper. And I was still five hours away in Saskatoon, plugging away at my paper. Well, I I pressed on, um, but as I said, I I was exhausted. And at one point, I, I literally just kind of flopped back on my bed for a quick power nap. I'm sure students understand that, that posture. The only thing is, is instead of being a power nap, I woke up the next morning, still lying on top of my bed with all my clothes on. I remember the, the frustration I felt in that moment. It was a mixture of, of anger and, and despair and discouragement. I knew that if I were to stay to finish my term paper now, it would mean me not making it home for the long weekend. And so that's when I made the call home to my dad. I told him what had happened, that I'd fallen asleep and I'd lost several hours of preparation. I tried to give him an honest assessment of how much time it would take me to finish the paper and what that would likely mean for my trip home. I even calculated how many marks I would lose if I didn't didn't stay and finish it and hand it in after the weekend was done. I remember uh, asking my dad, Dad, what should I do? Now, some important context here. My dad is a very practical man. He's a a no-nonsense, get-or-done type of guy. He's big on honoring commitments. He's he's huge on meeting deadlines. And he expects um, people to work hard, including himself. Which is why the words that came out of his mouth next were so powerful to me. You see, without hesitation, he simply said, Son, I think you should come home. Now, as soon as I heard those words, it was like a dam broke inside of me. I just... I burst into tears. I remember I wasn't even even able to say a word on the phone. But what I did hear was my dad on the other end of the line reassuring me and saying, just come home. Just come home. So why did this practical get her done honor your commitments type of guy say these words? Well, it is because he knew his son. And he could sense the stress in his voice. And he knew what I needed in that moment. You know, if an earthly father has that much insight into a son's life, how much more does our Heavenly Father have insight into our lives to give us what we ask and seek and when we knock? You see, the, the reason our Heavenly Father gives us good gifts is because He loves us and because He knows us. And because he knows what we, what we need better than we do. And what is it that we need? Well, let's go back to the text again. Because you're going to see something at the end of it that is, that's a little bit interesting. He says in verse 11, You fathers, if you children, if your children ask for a fish, do you give it a snake instead? Well, of course not. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give it a scorpion? Well, no. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Did you catch that? How much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You see, God doesn't just want to give us whatever we ask for. God's promise is that He will give us what we need. And what we need is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the promise of God's presence in our lives. The Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us the words and the ways of God. The Holy Spirit comforts us and guides us and instructs us and and protects us. The Holy Spirit helps us to desire what God desires for us and also for the world. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. God-directed prayers. The kinds of prayers that God longs to answer instead of our self-directed prayers that we want God to answer. The Holy Spirit helps us want what He wants, what God wants, even when we don't get what we want. So here's my question for you today, for us today. Since we know how much an earthly father wants to give good gifts to his children, and since we know that our Father in heaven knows us and loves us and knows what we need, and since we know that God the Father desires to answer our prayers, and that he longs to give us good gifts, then why don't we pray more? Why do we first try to solve things in our own strength or with human ways and, and means and wisdom? instead of running to our Heavenly Father who's waiting for us in His throne room. Why why don't we pray more often and more fervently? Why aren't our churches bursting at their seams whenever we announce a prayer night? Why aren't our altars filled when we invite people to come for prayer to the front? Why aren't our Zoom rooms full when we create times for prayer during this season when we can't meet in person and when we desperately need prayer? Well, I I think there are two main reasons. The the first is really covered in this passage of Scripture, that we we don't believe God wants to answer our prayers or give us good gifts. And I hope that after today, uh, you don't believe that anymore if you ever did. Because he wants to answer our prayers, and he wants to give us good gifts. But the second reason is, is, I think that we're just not desperate enough. You know, that's one of the challenges of the times that we live in. We can live quite nicely without God, can't we? When we get sick, we, we go to the doctor, not to the God who heals. When we need some money, we, we run to the banker and ask for a loan and not to the God who provides. If we lose our job, we, we just sit back and let the government step in and help, and they do, rather than turning to God. But God wants us to turn to Him first. And in this teaching on prayer, He reminds us that if a shameless sleeper will get up and answer his neighbor's request to save face in his community, and if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his kids, then how much more? How much more will the God who loves you grant your request? How much more will the God who knows you Give you the good gifts that you need right today. So that's why we keep asking. That's why we don't give up when a child has turned away from their faith. Or a spouse or friend has yet to put their faith in Jesus Christ. Or a loved one is sick. We keep asking. We don't give up. That's why we keep seeking. When we're trying to find out the truth about life and God and it's confusing to us. Or are trying and longing to grow deeper in our relationship with God and our understanding of his ways. We just keep on seeking. We don't give up. That's why we keep on knocking, especially after we believe that God has put something in our hearts or given us a, a word. But, but that word seems to be blocked by closed doors. And so we keep on knocking for those doors to open. Your Heavenly Father, My Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, desires to answer our requests. So let's keep on asking. And let's be persistent. And your Heavenly Father desires to give you the good gifts that you need. He is a loving Father who understands and cares and comforts and willingly gives the Holy Spirit to all those who ask Him. And because that Holy Spirit is God's highest gift, most precious gift, how we can be assured that and trust in God to answer and provide for us in the other needs as well. Your Heavenly Father desires to answer your prayers, and your Heavenly Father wants to give you good gifts. Never forget that. Never. Let me pray. Father, thank you again uh, for your teaching on prayer that reminds us that you are a good father who has the ability to answer our prayers and has the heart to do so as well. And I don't know what's happening in people's lives. I, I just know that that there's, there should be desperation in us. There should be things that we're, that we're running to you for. And so just give us the faith and the understanding that we can run to you at any time that you're there listening for us. And then God, um, by your spirit, we pray that you would help us to, to pray the things that are on your heart. And we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus who brings them about. I pray, amen. Well, just before we, we close with one last song, um, this series is not meant to simply give you more information on prayer. It's actually to call you to pray. And God wants uh, you to be a house of prayer. and He wants us, as the body of Christ Ebenezer, to be a house of prayer. And so uh, we want to give you the opportunity to act on what we've just learned. And I want to invite you to join me and others in, in a time of prayer following today's service. On our website, there will be a link to to several Zoom prayer meetings over the next two weeks. One will be today at at 12 p.m. following this morning's service. One will be next week at the same time, 12 p.m. And as well, we've begun our monthly evening prayer and worship night. And that happens on the first Sunday of each month, which is next week. And so I want to invite you out uh, to that as well. And we'd love to pray with you and to pray for you and have you pray with others. So again, you can find that link on the front page of our website. And let's put into practice what we have learned. Let's become a people of prayer. Let let this, and let this be a house of prayer. Amen? Well, thanks again for being with us today. Uh, Let me just close with a a benediction. It's taken from uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And it says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, and have a great week. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca if you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening.